to Dance Cinema Conversation with Anja Dimitrievic, Belgrade-born and Italy-based theatre and filmmaker. Anja and I met in Venice to talk about her short dance video Valle delle Svingi, shot in a natural park in the northern part of Italy, where Anja discovered a mystical zoomorphic forms that triggered the idea to make the video and inspired the corresponding choreography. Although coming from a theatre background, Anya is often inspired by non-narrative structures that privilege abstraction and intuitive level of perception, drawing inspiration from theatre maker Robert Wilson, who says, I don't want to tell stories, I want to draw stories. In this podcast, Anya takes us through the journey of making Valle delle Sfingi as we talk about her general interest in the dialogue between the body and the space, the significance of the circular shape and the circular movements in the video, and why it was important to present the video in black and white. We also speak about the choice of sound, which together with visual elements of the film, communicates the idea of the extension of time. Valle della Svingi is an actual natural park in the northern part of Italy. What about it intrigued you and why did you want to film a video there and why in particular did you feel it should be a movement-based video? Yes, Valle delle Sfingi uh, is actually a valley of the Sphinx, an actual name of this natural park in the pre-Alpic region that is very near to Verona. This natural place actually has one interesting thing, uh, that uh, are the rocks. These uh, zoomorphic rocks are something that people go to visit and see and discover more. It is very mysterious how they're so sculptural because really some of them are very similar to the Egyptian Sphinx. And I was interested in this possibility of a dialogue between a body in the movement and these rocks. You actually come from a theatre background. You're studying theatre and visual arts. So how did this whole interest in exploring spaces to the movement come about? I always liked the um, collaboration between different kinds of arts. I think the theatre as itself has this uh, collaborative possibility. My interests in the movement and the screen dance started when I went uh, to my Erasmus in France, in Bordeaux. In French universities, theatre uh, is very near to contemporary dance. I discovered some projects of choreographers as Caroline Carlson, who made uh, this documentary film in Venice, actually. It is a screen dance project, but has very evidently theatrical narrative forms that are not spoken, but uh, are very obvious. I became uh, very interested into that kind of form. Talking about narrative, I know that even though you have a background, as we said, in theatre, that you also like to avoid narrative structures and that you prefer abstraction and intuitive level of perception. 
And when we spoke about this before, a person you referred to was Robert Wilson. Exactly. And you quoted him when he says that he doesn't want to tell stories, but draw stories. Exactly. During my bachelor studies, I had a possibility to make a thesis. And Robert Wilson was uh, one case study that I chose because I already liked it a lot. And I knew that he doesn't necessarily use narrative forms in form of uh, textual pieces. I knew that uh, he was inspired by also Merce Cunningham. While I was doing researches, I discovered that uh, there were so many similarities between some of the thoughts uh, of Merce Cunningham, who was studying at the Black Mountains College and the university that I was studying here at U of University of Venice was based also on the thoughts of Bauhaus. That was also one of the inspirations of the Black Mountains College. So in a way, everything was connected. I started uh, discovering more and more about uh, these kinds of languages. I'm not against textual form. I just think that sometimes without the textual form, there is more liberty to see and interpret by yourself the things that you see. It doesn't have to be like that, but uh, sometimes it, it can be a choice and I prefer it in this period of my research. I think also that I will use text in my further researches and my further projects, but in this moment it's like that. And when I think about this thought of Robert Wilson, that he doesn't want to tell stories, but to draw stories, how do you reflect and how do you relate to this idea of drawing when you make videos? What I, in this moment, do actually is editing. And I think that editing is something that uh, has the possibility as a collage to give this kind of freedom of interpretation, possibility to create your own narratives of what you see. So in that kind of perspective, I see what he said. And also I like that he doesn't want to give dictatorial view on what he does, but actually open his research to something more open and more uh, free. I'd like to come back to the actual site of Valle della Sfingi. You were speaking about the rocks and the formation of the rocks that you encountered there that looked like Egyptian Sphinx. How did you then respond to these shapes with the choreography that you made? When we went for the first time to the Valley of the Sphinx, we didn't know exactly what the video is going to be. There was this first phase of uh, researching that was only connected to the collection of the elements that were drawings, uh, perceptions, our comments, and also some of uh, my improvisations uh, based on movement in the space registered with the camera. So uh, we tried to see what are the movements that could uh, be functionable for that place. We decided it uh, should be connected to the rocks in a slow movement. We wanted to make a video that was a dialogue between the body and uh, those rocks, between the body and that location. When we came to Valle de la Sfinge in January, there was a lot of snow, and uh, somehow 
that day, when we decided to make a video, we saw a big circle in the snow that also inspired us. And um, we wanted to make the circular movement that was also connected to the geological time that created those stratifications of the rocks. So the first uh, chapter of the video is based on the forms between the rocks and the body, while the second chapter is an elaboration of uh, the circular movement that is a way of an interpretation of this geological time connected to the rocks. When you speak about pace, I wanted to ask you a bit more about how did you decided on this particular pace, on this particular slowness. In the text that you wrote in relation to this piece, you speak about movements being delicate. And you say the research seeks to touch the essence of the million years stratification contained in the rocks. And then this is the part that I really like when you say that the body listens and it starts a dialogue with the surrounding space while the movements become fluid and infinite. And then in relation to the body listening to the space through the movement, I'm also wondering what were the sounds that you were responding to. There is obviously the sound that we are hearing now as part of the video, but was this sound always something that you worked with or was this particular sound added after in the edit? And if so, what was the sound that you were choreographing the movement to? In the reference to the pace, it is difficult to answer in a totally direct way because we were trying to find the most functionable movement for the video. So I was having this thought during editing that if I came there with my movements repertoire or the landscape was really giving to me something that I could perceive and translate into the movements that in a way became also a methodical research. I'm always interested in what kind of repertoire I have and what kind of landscape can give me something more. It was very interesting how we found this dimension of time in the certification of the rocks and also in the possibility of translating it into the movement. The circle doesn't have to be also only time, but it has a possibility to be that concept. And that's why we try to find the most appropriate form that could create a possibility to perceive a dialogue. In the reference to the sound, we tried uh, lots of different things too. For the first phase where we collected different things, we tried with the ambient sounds, but also with some musics that we thought it could be like suited for the landscape. It didn't really work, so I tried to be patient and just listen to the real location. And uh, I remember that uh, some of the things that were very helpful were the sound of wind and uh, my steps that were stepping on the snow. These old things were in a way something that we tried to collect and translate them into the sound. What uh, we made after in the editing with the sound was not really an ambient sound. We took charango guitar and my voice, and then we extended it. It was again uh, by the concept connected to the idea of the circular movement and the extension of time and space.
it was more suited for the video and many people think that it is actually some ambient sound so it's very interesting how sometimes an artificial sound actually can tell you more than the things that you really collect in the place so it is also very important to have clear ideas of what you want to translate Coming back to your interest in space and the body's relation to the space and the way the spaces are perceived by us. Another thing that you speak about in this short writing that you've done for a piece is about this idea of a space becoming the body. And then you also speak about how the way the film is shot encourages and affects our attention and our perception of space. In relation to that you say, because visual stories have the power to transform spaces into places. The video is a tool that can modify space and introduce new qualities to it. So there are a few questions in that for me. One is how can video do that? But also, what does it mean to turn a space into place? What's the difference between the space and the place? And then the third question is, what does it mean for the space to become the body? I think that the video as a tool can really make one anonymous space something that becomes a place that somebody can identify it as something else. Using the video tool, you can actually uh, understand the exact place in another way. My research is this dialogue between um, the body and the location, but I'm trying the world dialogue. How is it possible to make visible this dialogue? I like the idea of a possibility to making like different spaces that are activated by the bodies, but not uh, giving to the body a prevalence to the space. Mm -hmm. So I like when it can, in a way, be equal. We had a brief chat about this concept of space versus place before and you referred to a friend of yours who, if I understood it correctly, she was referring to this concept that spaces exist even when we are not in them, but that they become places by either our presence, our awareness of them or our attention to them. Then I'm in relation to that thinking that uh, perhaps that's what the function of the video there is, to direct our attention in some way and turn these spaces that are there regardless of our presence into places because we have pointed our camera eye to them and invited the outside eyes to perceive them. Exactly. One uh, of the very interesting things that uh, motivated me a lot to continue in this research was during our making of the exhibition in Belgrade that was entitled Shifting Space by Laura Santini, Paloma Leighton and uh, myself. So we presented uh, three different videos where the videos of me and Paloma are more connected to the dialogue between the body and the space while the videos of Laura Santini are more connected to the what is the perspective of the space without people. And uh, that was also very interesting to me of how can we make a dialogue between us when she thinks that the spaces are there, they are real even 
that we are not in it. And I was saying the spaces exist only when we perceive it. So this was this dialogue where we had these different points of view and we wanted to make a collaboration of a possibility to have different kinds of points of view on what can place really be and how can space be modified. Now we are researching it with the video forms, but when we speak about theatre, this whole subject can expand really a lot because in theatre, participants and public is actually very free to see and to watch wherever they want. It is really interesting how it changes the whole this discourse when, uh, when we do something in theatre because then we, we can really speak about also freedom of, of the point of view of the spectators which in a way in video is a bit more limited. It is more limited, but it is kind of a possibility of expression to research. And is this desire to open that up and encourage the freedom as much as possible, is it something that you have mainly worked with in the way that shots were devised, or is it something that really kicked in in the editing process? I think it was both, actually. There was this idea of devising the shots before, but then we saw when we had all of the materials, what can we really do? There is always part of the research where you have some clear ideas, but everything changes when you start editing. So it is also very interesting how much you have to be flexible in your also ideas, even though you try to be as clear as possible. And you need to find a... A dance with it. Yes, yes. Tell me a bit about the way that shots were devised and whether there were some visual references that were inspiring you, guiding images, or, or maybe it was even just a general guiding feeling that was leading you through this labyrinth of clarifying your thoughts. We were more intuitive in these ways. We didn't have particular visual references. If we have to really search of some visual references, it could maybe be like the land art of American artists during the 60s as this approach with the space and the modification of some natural landscapes. But uh, it wasn't really a leading point during our project. We wanted to uh, make it also black and white because uh, the rocks and uh, their lines and forms are more visible with also the, the black body. So I had the black costume and uh, everything was white because we did it in uh, the winter days. So we saw that there was uh, this possibility of a real dialogue between uh, the forms that are in black and white. We saw the lines, we saw that there are so many horizontal and vertical lines. I try to do different movements that could, uh, in a way, be also gameful with those rocks. And then uh, we saw the, the circle that I told you before, and uh, again, it was an intuition. We just came there and uh, we knew that this place had this dimension of uh, mystery, as the rocks are very similar to the Egyptian swings. And then again, this mystical circle appeared and we wanted to create something in it because it wasn't only interesting to make the dialogue between the rocks and me, but also 
to the whole place. So the idea to have it in black and white was present even before you actually shot it. It didn't come to you as an idea within the editing process. The idea of the black and white actually happened during the winter because we saw that everything was white and uh, we saw that it was more functionable for the editing. So it was again something that uh, we decided in the process. It is not only aesthetics, it is also with the, the decision to make it more clear with always this idea of the dialogue. So we were researching for the best forms that could give us something that was more connected to it. You mentioned in relation to black and white that the accent between the body and the shapes around it becomes clearer in the black and white technique. Yes, I think that um, it is more um, obvious in that way. We wanted to make it obvious that uh, this video is not something that will narrate you some story, but it is also, in a way, a research of the movement. We discuss a lot. We discuss with also our friends and so many people that uh, are not only in uh, visual arts, but frequently into the architecture. And it is very interesting how also in these discussions movement emerges. So not only by practicing and improvisation, but also with speaking and with trying to find uh, conceptually what is the, the best way to express something. In that sense of uh, conceptualizing the project and spending time thinking on it, and discussing it with your partner, in this case, with Vala de la Svinji. How long was that process taking? How long was the process of the whole journey? I think it was very long. Actually, I'm a very reflective person, so I like actually to, to have discussions about these subjects. It uh, lasted to, from October till February. It was finished in February. But um, again, I'm not trying to stop there. So I know that sometimes that project that I did in that period gave me something and uh, I took that something that is more like a theory but then I tried to discover it more in a different ways also in some other projects so it's very very useful and I'm very happy and interested that uh, you are also asking me about this project so it also tells me that uh, somehow it arrived also to you or to other people. There are artists who prefer not to talk much about their works because they feel that the whole point of being a visual artist is to have visual language to speak for itself. And then there are those who find it quite helpful to have opportunity to reflect onto the work through words. How do you feel about being asked questions and having time to reflect even once the work is made? I think it is not easy, but I find it fundamental for my work. I think that also by doing the artistic university, you always have to find the right words to define your projects. And it is one of the uh, most difficult parts also of uh, artistic universities in a way. It is important that the work by itself comes to spectators, but I like when I have a possibility to express it also by words. What is it about and what can it be? What limits it has? So I like when people are aware of what it is and what it is not or with 
yeah, this like possibility of, of the framing the work. I can totally understand artists who prefer not expressing themselves by the words. I think it also depends a lot uh, of the work itself, but um, as I'm very interested into the research, I think that uh, that's why also I have those interests in defining the work. In a way, it is necessary for the dialogues in culture, and I think that uh, sometimes even for the people who are totally not in it, can understand a bit more if sometimes it is explained. I don't think that the explanation by itself is something negative. Totally on contrary, actually. I prefer to explain uh, the work to somebody who maybe doesn't have the instruments to really read it than saying like for the spectator, oh no, this is shit, I don't like it at all and not maybe understanding the word, the work at all. So sometimes in that way also some explanations are necessary to understand the work more. In relation also to this idea of the work extending beyond the time of its production, one of the important parts of any work of art is the mode of its presentation, where in some way the work is completed or extended. What was the presentation mode that you have envisioned for the work as you were making it? And has that maybe changed since? During the creation of the work, uh, we thought it could be interesting to have it in a possible exhibition with a screen and uh, the video going on in loop. Also, the audio should better be into the headphones, but it also can change, it could change. Is presenting the work, showing it to the public, the ways it will be exhibited, something that you tend to actively think about as you make the work? I have to say that not always. When I thought about uh, the Screen Dance project, I wasn't very sure where it could be really exhibited and how. I was just thinking about the work. I also like the idea of a possibility to have uh, a conversation with a, with a curator of and possibility of extending and making the work uh, different. Till now, I didn't really thought about the spatial presentation of the works because I was concentrated only on, on the video. But I think, yeah, that it has a very important dimension of what the, the work is. It can be totally differently understood uh, as only a video or a video with the photos and with the maps. So yeah, exhibition and exhibiting uh, the videos is very important. And I think uh, it can be understood in different ways of how and with, with who also, or in which uh, subject do you, do you propose it. Absolutely. Coming a bit to the closure of the discussion about Valle delle Sfingi, but also about discussion around your own practice, you have spoken a bit about the importance of intuition in your work. What role does intuition play in general in your practice? And how do you enter intuitive states? Is there a particular ritual that you would go through before you go into the process of making or the particular tool that you have in order to center yourself to access that space of intuition? In connection with intuition, I have to say that it really changes if I am like the director of uh, the work I'm working on, or 
I'm also a performer. When I'm both, it is very important to me to enter to the intuition. And also in the editing, it is very important too. So it also depends in uh, which kind of rituals I enter. For example, if I'm physically involved, I need uh, the, the, the moment that I am like entering into it physically with uh, also meditation or with doing some yoga and with trying to listen to the place where I'm working on. If I'm like speaking a lot with other people and I have to decide for them, it is more difficult to be also intuitive. I think the intuition is something that is not only a sense, it is a method also. And it is a very important method to develop. And uh, probably every person has its own method of developing intuition. And I think it is possible to hear your intuition only if you have time and space where you can really listen to yourself. Thank you for listening to Dance Cinema Podcast, where we feature conversations with the makers of dance films and videos. From directors to dancers, cinematographers to editors, costume to sound designers. To watch their videos, head to dancecinema.org. <laughs>